Welcome to another edition of Alternative News brought to you by Romina Betsin from the Campaign for International Corp. On Sunday 10th November, CICD celebrated its 60th anniversary. There were a number of great speakers. In today's program, you will hear the CICD Executive Chairperson John Spate introducing the speakers. Now the first speaker to address you today is Professor Joe Camilleri, who's uh, from Pax Christi. He's been involved for a long, long time. Thank you very much, John. As someone who has been involved uh, for a number of years with uh, different activities, meetings, gatherings, rallies, demonstrations and the like that uh, CICD either organised or participated, it's uh, a great honour and pleasure to be able to join in the celebration of the 60th anniversary of CICD. I have not been involved with CICD from the beginning. I think uh, it started somewhere around uh, 73-74, soon after I returned from three years in England, which meant that I missed the excitement of the Vietnam Moratorium days in which CICD played such an important role. Uh, But I knew from the early to mid-70s that CRCD had the capacity uh, to attract all kinds of people, different age groups, trade union people, church people, people involved uh, in the arts uh, and many other areas. And yes, it's true, in the eyes of some, CICD was regarded as a rather radical organisation certainly at the height of the Cold War. Uh, But really, on reflection, it was a very measured organisation that always thought carefully behind each statement and each activity uh, that it would maximise its effectiveness and its resonance uh, with the wider Australian public. And as I got to know more and became involved in some of the activities and was uh, very privileged to get to know the likes of Sam Goldblum and Joe Kears and the CICD organisers, secretaries and so on. In the late 70s, some of you will know, somewhere around 1979, I approached them to see whether we might be able to do something. I was wearing a Pax Christi hat at the time. Uh, whether we might be able to do something in relation to the deteriorating nuclear situation around the globe, the intensified Cold War, and the increasing threat of the use of nuclear weapons. And at this initial meeting, I remember it very clearly, it was basically a handful of Pax Christi people, CICD people, and one or two others, about ten or a dozen, meeting in a private home. And I put to them the idea uh, that we might be able in Australia to begin to emulate the massive nuclear disarmament movement uh, in Europe. And I could see the very sceptical eyes of most of the people present in that room. But I want to acknowledge that nevertheless, sceptical though they were that this could really take off in Australia or in Victoria, or in Melbourne, uh, they were prepared to give it a go. And CICD became one of the stalwarts, one of the two or three stalwarts, uh, 
that made people for nuclear disarmament possible all the way through for the best part of a decade. Uh, the movement, the coalition, the organisation, and I think it's not sufficiently well remembered, that brought together not just more than 100,000 people four times in a row in Melbourne, not done before or since, and emulated in many other cities around the country. But more importantly, I think, than that, it helped with the establishment of 110 local groups and 325 affiliated organisations. And, uh, of course, very important things happened as part of this global movement. Of course, CRCD went through its highs and lows, as do all organisations that last for a significant period of time. And even after fatigue set in, after the uh, collapse of the Cold War system, uh, when some people thought the victory had been won, which was a rather foolish thing to think, CRCD continued. And I remember very distinctly the very significant conference that uh, we helped to organise, CICD and a number of other groups, in 1990 uh, called ASPAC. Remembering that there was still a long way to go, not least in the Asia-Pacific region. And uh, we all know that CICD is perhaps smaller than it used to be, that like many other peace groups, it is ageing, but I remain firmly convinced that the need for it today in the Australia of 2019 is as great as it was when it was established uh, in 1959. And so I hope that it will not only continue to exist and be active for many years to come, certainly as long as the threat continues in its many forms, militarisation as well as nuclearisation, uh, but that it will be able to bring together a growing number of people from diverse backgrounds and diverse age groups. So I hope that we can all contribute to making that happen and to ensuring that CICD continues stronger than ever before. Thank you. Thanks very much, Joe. Our next speaker is Joan Kocek. I'm sure people know Joan without me going through too much uh, rigmarole here. Joan's been a, a peace activist, I won't say for many years because I'll get my ears boxed, but she's, been a, she's certainly been a peace activist, been involved with, with the peace movement for a long, long time. Uh, Joan Coffey. Well, thank you very much for inviting me to speak here this afternoon and to celebrate 60 years of CICD's involvement in the peace movement, which shows it has great resilience and dedication. Some of you might remember, with horror, that back in 1959, Bob Menzies was Prime Minister back then and still had a few years to run. Well, I first came across uh, CICD in the late 1960s, and like some other people in this room, it was during my opposition to the war in Vietnam when various organisations joined forces some established ones like CICD and some brand new ones like Save Our Sons and the Draft Resisters Union. 
Back then, of course, Sam Goldblum was the chair and copped a hell of a lot of flack because it was a very nasty Cold War period, if you like. And today, not many remember those years when a huge opposition was built. And the opposition didn't come out of the blue. It came after God only knows how many fraught meetings, and they were fraught. We didn't think we'd ever reach agreement, but we did. And we did have that fantastic, huge moratorium march that filled up, I think, all of Burke Street in the city. And I became an anti-war activist over the Vietnam War and I've never stopped being an anti-war activist because war is so destructive and so terrible on countries and on human beings. But the opposition didn't come out of the blue either because back then, every night on our TV, we watched defoliants wrenching and destroying the earth itself. We saw napalm raining down on defenceless human beings. And these were reported because journalists back then, they weren't embedded with the military like they are today. So they're not free to report wars today like they were back then. In other words, they learnt their lesson. They weren't going to let them run free. And uh, this was a time also when many of us broke the draconian laws around conscription and we ended up in jail. And that's when you know you live in a class system, if you've got any doubts at all about that one. And I think most of you will agree that today we're living through extraordinarily fraught times where the most powerful man on earth, we're talking about Trump, is an unhinged crook who should be frog-marched into a padded cell, along with his equally unhinged advisers. And sadly, as others have said, we're part of the lunacy because of our grovelling relationship with Washington and because of the presence of Pine Gap and Northwest Cape on our soil. It's also worth noting that since it was founded in 1776... The US has been at war for 214 of its 235 years of existence. The only time it had five years of relative peace was during its isolationist period during the Great Depression. And I also want to say a few words about Julian Assange, who remains locked up in London's Belmarsh Maximum Security Prison in appalling conditions. Former British ambassador and human rights activist Craig Murray sat through last week's hearing in Westminster's Magistrates Court to hear the charges against Julian. They were specific and they had nothing to do with Sweden, they had nothing to do with sex and nothing to do with the 2016 US election. But everything to do with WikiLeaks, publishing the Iraqi war logs, the Afghani war logs, and US State Department cables, all of which exposed massive war crimes committed by the US military and intelligence establishment. Everyone in that court saw one of the greatest journalists in the world and most important dissidents of our time 
been tortured to death before our eyes, said Craig Murray. This highly articulate man was reduced to a shambling, incoherent wreck. There were five representatives of the US government present in that court, seated directly behind James Lewis, QC, and other prosecution lawyers. They huddled together before scurrying out of the courtroom. Lewis admitted that he was taking instructions from those behind, meaning a British judge in a British court was being told what to do by the US Embassy. The magistrate concluded the legal farce by saying that the February hearing would not be held in the relatively open and accessible Westminster Court, but in the grim Belmarsh Magistrates Court where there are only six public seats. British justice should hang its head in shame and so should we for not defending one of our own. So here we are in 2019 facing immense challenges from the onslaught of climate change or more accurately climate catastrophe to the spread of the far right movements around the globe to the increased proliferation of nuclear weapons to our gun-toting police who raid people's homes and offices to the attacks on unions and workers in general as well as against the most vulnerable in our society. But the government doesn't give us stuff. One of the worst in living memory, led by a Bible-bashing fundamentalist who believes in Armageddon and intends creating laws to shut us up, which he must not be allowed to get away with, and sadly, a weak opposition. Things should never have been allowed to get to such an extreme situation in the first place. So before we waste one more minute, we have to fight back in every way we can, by words and actions using organisations like CICD and 3CR and Pax Christi and the Australia-Cuba Friendship Society and this church which provides a very important forum for those who want to present alternative views. But we must not be cowed and we must not be silenced. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Alternative News. I'm Romina Betson. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.